You're listening to County Conversations, a podcast brought to you by the New York State Association of Counties. Today we're talking about supporting veterans at the county level in New York State, including the initiative Operation Greenlight that shines a light and brings awareness to the unique challenges facing veterans and their families. Joining NISAC's Executive Director Stephen Aquario for the conversation is Jason Skinner, Livingston County's Director of Veteran Services. Thank you everyone for joining us and tuning in today to NISAC's County Conversations podcast. My name is Stephen Aquario. I'm the Executive Director for your New York State Association of Counties. Today, I'm joined by Jason Skinner, the Livingston County Director of Veteran Services. Mr. Skinner joined the United States Army in 2003, went to basic training at Fort Knox, Kentucky, trained as a quartermaster school in Fort Lee, Virginia, to be a cook. Upon graduation, assigned to the 10th Mountain Division, his unit, the 3rd Squadron and the 17th Cavalry, had been ordered to deploy to Iraq within a month of arriving. After serving 14 months, conducting civil affairs missions, convoys, and guard duty in Iraq, Jason was accepted to the non-commissioned officers academy and promoted to the rank of corporal. Before leaving the army, Jason helped train the next generation of his unit to deploy to Iraq. Jason was honorably discharged on March 25th, 2007 and for service to his country. In addition to our thanks and appreciation, he was awarded the army commendation medal, the army achievement medal, the good conduct medal, the national defense service medal, the Global War on Terrorism Service Medal, the Global War on Terrorism Expeditionary Medal, Army NCO Professional Development Ribbon, and the Army Service Ribbon. Jason has been a proud member of the American Legion and the VFW since his discharge from the Army. Currently Currently living in Livingston County as the Director of Veteran Services. Also with the New York State County Service County Veteran Services Association President, the National Association of Counties, Veterans and Military Families Vice Chairman, member of the National Association of County Veteran Services Officials, and the Finger Lakes Advocacy Council. Wow. Jason, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate your invite and uh, willingness to work together. Uh, I think one of the greatest things about uh, my experience uh, as a director in Livingston County is the opportunity uh, to collaborate with uh, willing partners. And uh, you guys make uh, for a great uh, team to collaborate with. Thank you, Jason. Uh, Today's podcast for our listeners will focus on a new initiative that NISAC in conjunction with the New York State County Veteran Services Association the new initiative called Operation Greenlight. Operation Greenlight is a public awareness campaign designed to honor our veterans, particularly as they have returned home from Afghanistan this year and from all the other deployments over the decades. We're asking all public officials and residents to light up our county office buildings, small businesses and large, and change a light at your home, on the outside of your porch, the outside of your home, at your office, and keep it glowing, not just for one day, every day, all year long, as a symbol of appreciation and support for our veterans. 
This simple action of changing one light to green is intended to spark a national conversation regarding the recognition of veterans and quote, green light, unquote, them forward as valued members of our communities. But Operation Greenlight doesn't stop here. This is just step one, which is why I am so pleased to have you with us here today, Jason. Jason, before we talk about Greenlight uh, and, what, and what it means, can you tell us a little bit more about your service to our country? And I should say up front, we are so appreciative for you and your colleagues in uniform for defending the United States and keeping us all safe back home. Tell us a little bit like what it was like to serve in the United States Army. Well, I, I just returned from uh, Fort Drum uh, a couple of weeks ago. I went up and talked to the commanding general, uh, General Beagle, uh, and the support staff and leadership of Fort Drum. And uh, I thank them uh, for the opportunity to learn and grow and become who I am today. Uh, the education that I got by serving my country uh, through the non-commissioned officers academy and other experiences that I had uh, make me a fierce advocate for those today. Uh, so the the bit about my military service, you know, having that experience uh, translates to today's uh, job market and other areas of responsibility that many people in public service has. In fact, something that's kind of translated, uh, something our county has done, uh, Operation Continuous Service, is we highlight those people that have volunteered in their communities uh, because veterans often continue to serve in other capacities, oftentimes in uh, sheriff's departments or EMTs or fire departments or volunteers. And you see a lot of volunteers and people in our community. So we try to shine a light on them. Uh, that Operation Community Service, uh, you know, is, is one way uh, that we show our appreciation, but also understand that uh, veterans make great stewards of their community. Uh, and this is something that's instilled in them through their military service. What is a County Veteran Services Agency? So the County Veteran Service Agency is mandated by uh, executive law uh, under Article 17. Uh, we uh, all are mandated as counties to have a veteran service agency. Uh, our official role is to help uh, individuals who are claimants, and that could be a surviving spouse or children of somebody served in the military. Uh, so when we look at demographics, we also look at uh, the broader population that we can serve because they've earned benefits through the service of someone in the military. Uh, and it may be a surviving family. Uh, this could be, uh, in some cases, uh, college scholarships for a surviving child. Uh, so we've, we serve their needs locally. And one of the major things that I, I love about being a county service officer is the local uh, feel. You, you know, you have to build trust, especially with veterans. And there's some nuances in military cultural competencies. And that's why a majority of us are veterans. You have somebody that sits down in front of you and they're having their worst day or they're reliving some of their uh, worst days. And they're there to disclose that and you're there to help them get connected with either mental health benefits or other things that they've deserved because of their military service. Uh, you know, that face-to-face -face connection, that willingness to sit there and listen and understand uh, and also assist them uh, is an honor. And it's also a benefit. You know, a lot of people don't see this this way. And, and I'd like to kind of at least articulate it in, in my own way. Uh, 
uh, our county uh, and every other county is mandated for this position uh, to be, you know, there uh, and the service to be there, but gets about $10,000 in support from the state. So our county, in honor of their service, uh, feels strongly enough to support us financially, because you understand that, you know, 99% of our budget is really coming from our local county. Uh, it's a local share. And we see this as a benefit and a way to honor their service and providing them world-class service. Well, it's certainly a wonderful service. And it's so heartening to hear that the Livingston County Board of Supervisors investing in your county veteran services agency. I'm so pleased to hear that. It's so important. I've had the pleasure over the last several years of working with active duty servicemen uh, who are county executives. In this particular case, the Albany County Executive Daniel McCoy, the Orange County Executive uh, Steve Newhouse, who's a commander in the United States Navy, uh, Dan McCoy in the United States Army. Uh, I really learned an awful lot uh, from their military experience, in particular during COVID, uh, these two military men applied the principles learned uh, in the military uh, and applied them towards saving New Yorkers during COVID. It was just a remarkable experience. And I've also had the privilege and the pleasure of speaking with veterans who often reach out to me uh, and, and try to encourage me uh, when, when times are down and times are tough. And, and it's really a very special thing that I personally have benefited from, from a veteran talking to me or an active service uh, man or woman talking to me about the spirit that they have uh, and how they share that spirit uh, to keep things going. Can you share a little bit about uh, how that applies to you in your life and some of your experiences? I think uh, military service instills a uh, sense of community and that we take pride in doing things for others. Uh, so when we talk about selfless service, that's, that translates to public service. Many of your public servants uh, that serve our community in, in roles are, are lucky enough to, to get paid to continue uh, to, to do what we learned in the military. Uh, put others first. That's really what it's all about. Uh, you know, you come in day in, day out, and uh, you struggle to uh, get through your day some days, and, uh, but it's really about serving the individual and honoring uh, that commitment that uh, government has to serving its people, whether or not it's in times of COVID and crisis, which, you know, the military prepares you to react uh, in, in a way that uh, would, in, in some ways, uh, you know, is somewhat uh, measured. People just kind of wonder why our heart rate sometimes doesn't change. Uh, you know, we train daily uh, for many different scenarios in which uh, we have to react appropriately for uh, things that generally blindside us and uh, it, it prepares you to be able to understand that yes you can handle pretty much anything that comes in front of you especially if you believe in your team your equipment uh and and the mission and i think that translates to government uh when you sit here and you talk about you know my 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 team uh my leadership uh the communication and trust in in them uh in in our equipment uh, we, we take our, our experiences as a toolbox and we pull from that toolbox and we work together and there's nothing that we can't accomplish. 
And that's the military uh, way and, and what has been instilled in me and, and what translates to government service. It's absolutely right, Jason. I'm so glad that you mentioned that and that uh, it really is public service. It, it truly is at its highest level, uh, public service. And I'm glad that you mentioned that. Um, I also hope that we can continue to focus on veteran-owned businesses and try to have them more join together in procurement with local governments and state government. And given this preference of procurement, meaning that we should be working with veteran-owned businesses as much as we can. And I know that Governor Hochul is gonna really work hard on that. And the state legislature is constantly, as well as counties, trying to constantly make sure we know where these veteran-owned businesses are. So Jason, the state of New York uh, has a number of programs. It receives money from the federal government. It provides state tax dollars to county veteran services organizations. There's some disparities. Uh, why is that? Why shouldn't there be more of a uniform way to provide state funding to county veteran services agencies? What, what's, what's going on here? Well, I, I'm glad you asked the question. It's important to know that currently about $1.3 million That's comes it. from- That's wait, it. $1.3 million comes from New York State, two counties to serve the, the mandated offices that we have at about $10,000 each. And there's there's a, a calculation for that. For every 100,000 people you have in your population, you get an additional $5,000 to serve that 100,000. Uh, so if you look at uh, how these are distributed uh, and, and, and the disparity between what we bring in and federal compensation to veterans, it's tax-free, that's nearly $3 billion. $3 billion comes into New York State to veterans and their widows and orphans. So of that, we get $1.3 million from our state to do these services. And then it's distributed, uh, again, not by population, but by an equal $10,000 amount. So you break that down, and it depends on where you are. Uh, so Oneida County is getting about 87 cents per veteran, and your Putnam County is getting about $50.50 per veteran. Why the difference? It doesn't make sense. It, 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 because it's a flat fee, it's equal but not equitable. And you look at equity, uh, you know, I, I think that's been kind of a buzzword that pops around in a lot of different uh, contexts. But, you know, we have veterans and, and we want to honor their service and they come back and they live in their hometown and they want to live there because they're emotionally attached to it, but they have less resources. So that 87 cents versus $50, there's no rhyme or reason to it other than the fact that it's based on here's $10,000. And then for every 100,000 uh, 100, in population in the general populace, uh, you get an additional 5,000 for each 100,000. So uh, looking at what we would think is, is, is kind of a, an honest uh, you know, average uh, of what each county is bringing in uh, in disability or, or pensions for low-income veterans, average is about $3,891 per veteran. Uh, that's what our efforts re result in, that three, nearly $3 million in federal compensation. Uh, and the current state share is about $1.82 per vet. That, that seems awfully low. for So what we're looking at 
uh, because you know, Institute of Veterans and Military Families has done studies uh, all over the country. And they've looked at uh, states that do well and have about $250 per veteran share. Um, you know, according to their report, $26 is what we're spending on average. But we do know that there are haves and have nots in that equation. So what we would look at is saying, you know, one half of 1%. You know, what is one half of 1%? Well, you know, when it comes to $3 million, or sorry, $3 billion, uh, you know, if you figured on a county that is expending funds to serve and increase that and honor the veteran service by providing that to their widow or themselves, uh, you know, our share should increase based on our success in that. That would also, one, motivate your office to provide more service and outreach. Uh, so... Our thought was one half of 1% of what we bring in. So looking at, uh, you know, my county's bringing in 14 and a half million, uh, that would take our, uh, you know, our share from $10,000 up to 73, uh, you know, and, and you look at, that's reasonable. That's really reasonable. Uh, when you think of all of the uh, costs to government today, when it comes to all the fringe benefits and mandated healthcare uh, costs and maintenance and labor, there's a lot more cost than people realize in government. Uh, and, and so actually getting the job done, when you talk about the disparities, uh, you know, a more appropriate budget that could be spent and given directly to counties to run offices like ours, uh, the, 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 the ask should be about 14 million. Uh, that's zero, you know, one half of 1% of what we're bringing in and that's an average of $19.42 per vet. It, it, takes, it takes hours. If you think about sitting down with a veteran uh, that's having issues and multiple issues at that, mostly you know, health-related issues, uh, and working with the VA, it takes nearly a year or longer to get them connected with this benefit. Multiple appointments, tons of paperwork, and oftentimes appeals. And 78% of the time, an appeal is one, but that means 78% of claims are being denied and you have to go in front of a judge to do it. So there's a lot more to what we do and people just don't realize the labor hours that go into it. And 10,000 to me is not really honoring our veteran service. Uh, they should want to serve more. They, they should want to do more at our state uh, level. Uh, that is just my, my sentiment as a veteran. It sounds like we should, we can and should be doing a better job at that. And I look forward to partnering with you to get that done. Let's talk about Operation Greenlight. Let's talk about what it means to you, the New York State County Veteran Services Association, and the thousands of veterans that call the state New York State home. Uh, can you tell our listeners about Operation Greenlight? Well, Operation Greenlight is... Uh, an interesting nuance in, in military cultural awareness. A lot of people don't realize that in every, almost every branch has their own, uh, you know, translated uh, what a green light might be. Like green light is the, we got the green light or there's a go for this particular mission. Um, but a lot of people sing in cadence when they're marching or running uh, the, the old cadence about uh, being in the airborne uh, where you jump out of a perfectly good plane. And, uh, you know, that, that's a real green light that's sitting right next to the door where you have, uh, you know, stood up, hooked up and shuffled to the door and, and that green light comes on, you jump out of a perfectly good plane and everyone follows you. 
this is where that trust in your equipment comes in. That initial anxiety standing in front of a door waiting to jump out into the unknown. Uh, if you don't trust that that chute's opening and you're in your training and you're going to land properly, uh, you know, you're going to have that anxiety. That translates into getting out of the military. You look at, hey, I'm, I'm going to lose my job. You know, I'm in the military. You know, a lot of things are taken care of for me. My, my housing, uh, you know, I go to the dining facility, I eat there. My family's taken care of. There's a lot of supports, right? Well, that parachute, you're, you're taking that off, but you're still kind of jumping out that door. You're leaving employment. So on a county perspective, you look at all these people that are leaving the military, there's going to be a 20% increase in people leaving uh, based on some DOD numbers. So when, when somebody's leaving the military service after 20 years, uh, they're going to need a job. So local, uh, you know, local counties have uh, civil service tests and they have a residency requirement. You know, if you want somebody to come live in your community and be a good steward of their community and work uh, as a great, great employee because they've been instilled with, uh, you know, great, uh, you know, factors that make them wonderful employees. Uh, you could work to remove some of that residency requirement so that they can take those tests and land properly. Is that, you know, again, we are their supports. We are that parachute. We're helping them with that anxiety in that transition from when they leave that job and come to our community. And if this is just one way we can help remove some of those barriers. And uh, I think what I love about Operation Green Light is it seeks to remove those barriers, uh, assist with collaboration and, and uh, what, I, what I've often seen in governments, you know, in, in New York State, is there's too many siloed efforts. There's a lot of people that want to help. A lot of people saying, how can I? And if you shine the light or become a beacon for those veterans uh, or soon to be veterans in that transition from active duty military service, here in New York State, People probably don't realize this, but over the last 20 years, we've been at war. And over the last 20 years, our New York State population of veteran has gone down by 44%. You know, there's an impact there on your community. If you look at all the veterans organizations, the American Legions and VFWs and the DAVs, uh, AMVETs, all of them are looking for that next generation to, to carry on the great traditions of Memorial Day parades, Veterans Day parades, making sure the flags are up in the grave sites during Memorial Day. Uh, and, and, you know, there's just so many reasons why we're thankful that they exist. But right now they're looking to that next generation. It's just not there. Uh, people are not coming to New York State. If we look at uh, countrywide data, uh, average is 26% in veteran population loss, but that's because there's some large ones like you know, New York State at 44% low. So you look at 13% is generally you know, what's going on in other states. So there's 30% or so uh, people making that choice to be from somewhere else. But we really need to shine a light on New York State and say, look, we're a great place to be. We're a great place to start a business. And it's because we want to honor your service. We're going to start doing these things that we can do, the little things that we can do by either changing a light bulb somewhere, shining a light on a building, bringing that green light here and saying, yeah, we're going to spend what we need to spend. And in often cases, there's, you know, there, it doesn't take much. I was talking to somebody the other day, uh, our uh, Livingston County uh, clerk has just decided, well, you know, we have this program where 
uh, a veteran can put their DD-214 on, on file with me in the office for free and get it uh, if, if ever they needed it for free. And that's a service statewide. Uh, but we also offer a veteran's discount uh, at local businesses. So, you know, we already have these uh, COVID mapping uh, companies that are, are contracted to provide services for an additional fee of about a 250, I think. Wasn't much. Uh, we could get those local businesses put on an uh, interactive map that's on their cell phone. So we're supporting local business. Our Chamber of Commerce got involved. They're, they're you know, telling, hey, you can get a veteran to wander into your office uh, or, or your place of business and spend their money if you offer them a small debt of gratitude by uh, uh, just a little, uh, you know, 10 percent here, uh, you know, whatever it might be. Uh, you're willing to, you know, put it out there, you know, come here, uh, be a beacon for them. Uh, and, you know, people know, and they can walk around with this app now, or here, well, when we roll it out in November. Um, and this is another one of those great things. People don't realize the efforts of their veteran service agencies countywide are bringing in millions. I think I only got about 3,500 veterans, according to the VA. And that doesn't include their survivors and dependents that we can serve. But they're bringing about $14.5 million in federal non-taxable dollars. And we can't, we can't charge them for those services. And we wouldn't ever think about doing it. But you think about the economy uh, generally. And we have these big box stores that are nationally advertising that they have 10% discounts. And they're going there for the same, similar, uh, same or similar services that we could offer through our small businesses here locally. Why, why lose those revenues? Uh, and why not do it in a way that we can actually show that those veterans, you know, we want to honor your service. And this is another great initiative. Jason, can you tell our listeners here about how counties can involve their community in this new educational public awareness campaign called Operation Greenlight? I think there's just many different ways. And I think uh, some of that's going to the website that you have designed through NISAC, which is a great website. Um, I, I think if you're a, a local government, you can you know, look to moving the, uh, removing re uh, residency requirements for the civil service exams for active duty service members. Um, one thing that I'm gonna try to do is quarterly, there's gonna be uh, job fairs up to Fort Drum here soon. And uh, I'm gonna take a laptop and we can do virtual job fairs with all our small businesses. Uh, through my laptop, all our small businesses can attend and interview uh, people that are looking at potentially moving to my county. And uh, all it takes is one table and a laptop. Uh, so it's an investment worth, uh, worth letting them know uh, what a great place we are. Um, it's just these small things, you know, like, uh, Local businesses commit to uh, hiring active duty personnel prior to their enlistment getting getting over with because, you know, again, that's the largest uh, anxious moment in their life is I'm now losing my job. I'm going to need to provide for my family and and start anew. Um, there's one great thing that we're looking at doing uh, with General Mike Eastman. He just retired from Fort Drum and uh, he's got this program that. Uh, through a partnership in collaboration with uh, Department of, of uh, Veterans Affairs, Department of Defense, uh, SAMHSA, and, and many others, uh, New York State uh, Division of Veteran Services. I was uh, lucky enough to participate as well uh, in what they call the Governor's Challenge, uh, 
because uh, SAMHSA challenges states to come up with ways to lower the suicide rate among veterans and military families. And uh, they came up with this ETS sponsorship program. And ETS stands for Expiration of Term of Service. It's basically the transition to veteranhood from active duty military. And anyone can be a sponsor. It's not necessarily a peer support program where anyone from your community that wants to learn and be trained, because there is a five-hour training that is required in, in military cultural competencies and ensure that you know, the individual is appropriate to mentor someone that's looking at coming into your community. So this could be somebody in the Lions Club. This could be somebody, some local shop owner, the Chamber of Commerce, you know, somebody that wants to help someone looking to move to your community and connect with them a year to six months prior to them getting out. So they're going to be that person that says, you know, um, I love this school system, but if your kids are really into hockey, maybe you'll want to talk about maybe moving to this town. And, you know, there are different school systems that provide, you know, uh, different tax exemptions. There's little nuances in every community. And uh, when a family is moving, they're going to have those questions and they're going to be looking at real estate and they're going to be looking at jobs. And that person, that mentor uh, through this ETS sponsorship program uh, will be a lifesaver. Uh, quite literally, uh, that anxious moment may help uh, alleviate some very stressful crises that come along with losing your job. Well, that's the last question I was, uh, the last, I think you've answered this question. The last question I, I wanted to ask you was about uh, suicide, about mm -hmm. uh, individuals taking their life, <laughs> feeling a sense of hopelessness. They're also a veteran. Uh, the, the circumstances behind the uh, each individual's life uh, are varied, of course. Mm. Uh, what do we know about veteran suicide on a national basis? What do we know about it in the state of New York? And what can we collectively do to raise awareness on this and help with early intervention? Well, I, I you know, I appreciate the question. It's a difficult concept for a lot of people, and, and it's very hard to have these conversations. So first and foremost, uh, we need to recognize uh, that it is difficult to talk about it. Uh, and it is a, a needed conversation. Uh, I think one of the biggest things in New York State is all of the different siloed efforts. There are a lot of different individual groups and organizations uh, working with either the state or the local government. And you know, there's a lot of uh, fragmented work that, that actually can be uh, is funneled and uh, collaboration again, you know, and coordination is something that's needed. And I think Greenlight, Operation Greenlight kind of shine a, a light on the need for us to all work together and break down those barriers and, and work together to support our veteran community. But I think when we talk about national statistics, um, we know that, you know, there was 22 a day um, and a lot of those statistics um, are skewed uh, year, year after year, we kind of find out that there's a little bit more to one uh, number or, or another. Uh, we do know that the crisis line in, in, uh, for suicide prevention is expanding their uh, labor pool. Uh, call volume is, is always going to continue to go up. Um, we do know that the end of uh, the Afghanistan war, uh, or at least the withdrawal of those troops, uh, have caused an increase of concern, not only among our younger veterans, 
but are veterans from the Vietnam War. Um, the events that played out on TV are reminiscent of the two Marines who lost their life in the very last uh, days of Vietnam. Uh, they were guarding the embassy in Saigon and they lost their lives. And, you know, on the news, uh, Senator Kennedy uh, for over a year uh, advocated to receive their bodies uh, because they were left behind. And after that year of advocacy finally did, uh, you know, honor their lives uh, by them being returned home. And so a lot of that nuance and the things that we do as veteran service officers in the state of New York, uh, representing our counties and our veterans, we understand that nuance. We understand that that translates to our older veterans that are also watching the TV and having that, uh, you know, that flashback potentially uh, looking at today's generation and saying, wow, you know, how very similar the, these incidents played out. And, and so they need to get connected to services. And that's why we're here. I, I believe every one of our service officers in New York State are essential workers. Uh, we understand what somebody needs and what we can do to kind of connect them uh, to mental health services if that's what they need or health services if that's what they need but we definitely need them to always have uh, the ability to connect and contact us. Uh, and I think that's one reason why we're, we're essential. It's not all about uh, you know, making sure that they have the finances so that they're not gonna be on section eight or, or uh, need uh, food stamps or things of that nature because we have a, a lot of opportunity through the federal resources that we provide straight to veterans. Uh, I think it's really the fact that we're, uh, you know, neighbors, we live here locally, we are local government, we serve our local population. Uh, and we take a lot of pride in being able to connect with those people. So I think, you know, what we need to know about suicide prevention in New York State is being able to connect, uh, being able to talk to each other, and being able to have those open and honest conversations that yes, you know, majority of uh, suicides that are successful are done by a firearm. And we need to talk about not gun control, uh, but we need to talk about safe firearm storage. You know, storing a weapon, you know, just temporarily, uh, you know, that, that minute or two seconds that really takes to, you know, slow down the heart rate and, and, and that fight or flight's response in someone's emotions in that moment of crisis saves lives. And we, you know, maybe there's a buddy there that'll hold on to your firearm. Maybe there's a family member um, but oftentimes crises are just that, a, a very momentary, minuscule part of someone's life. Uh, it's not a, 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 a full-on uh, crisis for your entire life. And maybe you need to you know, separate yourself from the means of how that would play out. And we know that's a, a fact. Um, so maybe just you know, having these conversations, again, they're difficult to have. But as responsible leaders, we need to have those conversations and say, you know what? Yeah, you're having a temporary crisis. And right now, the best thing for you to do is talk to somebody and maybe remove all of the things around you that might, you know, cause that to be a successful attempt. Um, you know, mean safety is what they call it, but it's really responsible gun ownership. Jason Skinner, the County Veterans Services Director for Livingston County, New York.
president of the County Veteran Services Association. Uh, I'll leave with this uh, quote from General Powell, uh, who has written books, has lectured, has taught people about his service and what he's learned. And he, he's fond of saying, things are not as bad as they seem and things will be better tomorrow. And it's not necessarily, Jason, that they will be better tomorrow, but it was a mindset. It's a mindset that they will be better tomorrow, that things are not as bad as they seem today. And so I've practiced that and lived it since I learned it from him. And I'm seeing you hold up the book right now, uh, <laughs> General Powell's book. And it, it is a powerful message. And you mentioned about uh, end of life and suicide uh, and, and the thoughts, the dark thoughts of someone very disturbed, uh, perhaps through military service, being a veteran. Uh, but I've learned a an awful lot from that. I wanna thank you for leaning in on Operation Greenlight. I wanna thank you for your service to the United States of America. Uh, I wanna thank you for sharing all of your thoughts today with our viewers and, and just being there when we needed you most. And, uh, and it is truly public service and I'm very grateful. Anything else you'd like to add before we conclude today's podcast? Well, I, I, I do want to thank you for your time uh, and your willingness to, to take uh, out of your day. Uh, you're an extremely busy person, like most everybody else that works in government. Uh, you know, I think the take home for me is uh, collaboration and most everything we do. We, you know, we collaborate so that we, you know, we have a better uh, capacity. We're increasing capacity and we're shining a light again with Operation Greenlight on some very important nuances that uh, I'm hoping, uh, you know, will educate uh, the listener uh, to little things that they can do uh, to show their support during that time period um, and maybe bring some more people to the table because there's a lot, a lot of people out there that want to help and they just don't know how. And maybe, you know, I talked to General Beagle and them, and I think there's an opportunity there for, for them to sit down on, on a podcast with you and, and maybe do a webinar uh, to discuss how we can partner with Fort Drum. Uh, there's General Mike Eastman that would love to have an opportunity to talk to your membership about the ETS program and how to sign up. Uh, so there's just a start to a wonderful relationship and collaboration with NISAC. Uh, and we, we really do help uh, and, and hope uh, that your support uh, will have uh, great meaning in the broader scheme uh, to actually helping our veterans on a local level, because that's really where the rubber meets the road. The counties uh, are the ones doing the work. Uh, they're doing the, the lift, and, and it's really what uh, hits home, because that's where the counties are. That's, that's where we live. Jason Skinner, thank you so much for being with us here today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of County Conversations. For more resources on Operation Greenlight, visit nysac.org slash Operation Greenlight. And make sure to subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date.